This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. I am beyond thrilled to let you know that my book, The Pregnancy Workbook, is now available. As of May 4th, 2021, you can go and get that book. For all of you who have pre-ordered the book, you should be getting it so soon. I can't wait for all of you to have a copy of this in your hands, and I would absolutely be thrilled to hear from you by personal message or review. Drop a couple words on the Amazon review so that other people can know what you think of the book. The more reviews we get, the more people can find it. And just in time for Maternal Mental Health Month, either get that book for yourself or gift it to somebody who you know needs the support during pregnancy and postpartum. Having real, usable resources to help people get through the day-to-day when they're at home and maybe can't get to their therapist or can't get to a therapist, this is great support. Please look for the Pregnancy Workbook, Manage Anxiety and Worry with CBT and Mindfulness Techniques, wherever books are sold. Welcome to Mom and Mine, where we dive into all aspects of perinatal mental health and wellness related to pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. It's so much more than postpartum depression. We raise the volume on all of these topics in the hopes that someday everyone will have the support and info that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I also want to welcome you to May, which is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month. And very specifically, the first week of May is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Week. And the first Wednesday of the month is World Maternal Mental Health Day. So we are raising the volume even more than ever about perinatal mental health and wellness, why it's so important that we are paying attention to the health and well-being of pregnant and postpartum people around the world. Please follow Postpartum Support International on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter so that you can see all of the work that is being done internationally to raise awareness. And you can find a lot of the things that are going to be highlighted on social media if you look for the hashtag, Let's Talk About It. And also, Maternal MH Matters. 2020 Mom and the Blue Dot Project are also hosting Maternal Mental Health Week. And you can find those hashtags, Making Over Motherhood and MMH Week 2021. There are so many good efforts out there by all of the perinatal mental health organizations, and we can really use your help to amplify the message and make the volume even higher. There are ways that you can participate by sharing these messages through social media and also sharing your story. Postpartum Support International is also welcome to hear your story. Go to postpartum.net to find out more. 
And on this podcast, you will be hearing another personal story. I'm really honored and grateful to have our guest, Liz Masucci, on to share her story through her very difficult pregnancy. Liz is an actress, producer, and writer based in New York City. She started off in theater and then started working in TV and film. She has starred on several TV shows such as Elementary, Royal Pains, and Public Morals, which was produced by Ed Burns and Steven Spielberg. She now produces mostly her own projects with a company she started with a friend. They have a few TV shows in development, and one of which is a dark comedy about women struggling with perinatal mood and anxiety disorders in a maternal mental health center. And a lot of that is based on her own experience. She struggled with perinatal mood and anxiety disorder while she was pregnant with her daughter. And now she is using creative outlets to share her story and spread support and information to others. She has also had a second child, a baby boy, in December of 2020. And she shares in this episode with us what both of these experiences were like and what it was like to her to go through a program of the Motherhood Center in New York City. Those of us in the field know that more programs like this need to exist, and slowly but surely they are coming about. Unfortunately, most people don't know that these programs exist or that they are needed until they are going through this experience themselves of a perinatal mood or anxiety disorder. So Liz is going to be sharing her own experience while pregnant and her experience at the Motherhood Center and her experience being pregnant the second time around and using the support of medication. She's also going to share with us about the TV show she's developing as well as a film about postpartum psychosis. There's a lot of great stuff in our interview today. So let's get going and meet Liz. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. I'm really grateful that you're coming on to share your story and your experience. And I'm happy to get into it right away. So please just, yeah, go ahead and start with your story wherever feels comfortable to you. Great. So I had depression and anxiety during my first pregnancy around the second trimester. So that was in 2018, I was pregnant and I didn't have any information and I didn't, at the time, I only knew about postpartum depression. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that that could be triggered when you're pregnant. So I was very, it was very unexpected. I was very confused and Again, I didn't have any information. I didn't know anyone that went through it. Mm-hmm. So my experience was very isolating and lonely. I had suicidal thoughts. I mm-hmm. was very anxious about obviously what was to come. I kind of spiraled out of control. And it was a very scary time also just being pregnant and worrying about just the natural things that you worry about when, you know, you're pregnant and you don't know what to expect and it being my first child. So I would kind of have these like weird bouts of just like emotion. And sometimes I would just like lock myself in the bathroom and Mm. kind of have these like fits of just rage. And I didn't know where it was coming from. And I remember my husband just being kind of at a loss of how to help at that point. So that went on for, for a month and And then finally, I realized like I needed to seek out help and find a doctor or, you know, go to a therapist and kind of figure out, you know, what I can do to kind of save myself from that situation. Right. So I did end up seeing a reproductive psychiatrist. I ended up finding someone and, and she was great, but she kind of prescribed me medication right away. And of course I was a little nervous about that. Right. And you know, I wanted to 
kind of explore what was happening as opposed to just like taking medication and kind of putting a bandaid on it. And I'm not opposed to taking medicine. I ended up taking medication a little bit further down the road, but luckily I had discovered the motherhood center in New York, which is Mm -hmm. such an amazing place. I, how I discovered it was I ended up calling postpartum support international, like, Mm -hmm. and basically I just Googled like how to get help. And that came up. Okay. And they call me back. Like, I think I called them and then they said, okay, we'll call someone. will call you in the next 24 hours. Someone specifically like based in New York. And so many, someone called me within like five minutes, oh, which was great. amazing. Great. Yeah. And I remember her saying, you know, it's totally normal that you're experiencing it during pregnancy. Like it's actually very common. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, things like it, I promise it's not going to last. And, you know, of course I didn't believe her. I was just like, how do I get help? And she recommended the motherhood center. So that's how I ended up finding out about the center. And I called them soon after and I came in and I met with someone and kind of, they kind of did an assessment and they said, there's a day program, like an outpatient day program. And I was like, okay, sign me up right away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was like, I need somewhere to go. You know, I didn't feel comfortable just like being at home. Like I couldn't get any work done. I just wanted to like sleep all day. And I Mm -hmm. knew that, you know, I wasn't in a place I wasn't in a healthy place. Like I didn't even want to eat really. So I knew that like, it was not good for me or the baby. Right. So I, luckily there was a spot for me to come in and like health insurance, like definitely helped make that happen. So I jumped into the motherhood center. I was probably like 28 weeks pregnant or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was really like a lifesaver. Um, the place is like so warm. All the mm-hmm. therapists are specialized in um, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So they were there for support and there was group therapy. And then you got assigned an individual therapist and a psychiatrist as well to kind of explore medication. Mm-hmm. And during the group therapy, they had um, like cognitive behavioral therapy and some like meditation experts come in and yoga therapists and a whole different array of people that came in to kind of form this group therapy environment. And it was, yeah, it was scary at first because you have Mm -hmm. to like, you don't have to talk, but you know, there was the freedom to kind of talk about what everyone was going through. Right. And a lot of the women were experiencing postpartum depression, but there was one other pregnant woman there as well. So there was that commonality. So after I probably spent about four or five weeks there. And then afterwards, I definitely felt more stable. I mean, I didn't feel like great, but Mm -hmm. I definitely felt like it was manageable to function. And I did end up going on um, Prozac when I was like 30 weeks And so I think that the combination of just being with other women and speaking to therapists and then being on the medication definitely like trans, you know, definitely put me in a better place. Right. Um, I was just thinking you, you're experiencing pregnancy and these symptoms for the first time and not knowing that any of this even existed and then going to this place where everybody knows that it's a thing. And other people are sharing their experience as well. How different of an experience that is just mentally, emotionally to know that you're not alone in it. Yeah. And I was so lucky that I 
was able to be a part of that because I like the fact that I was experiencing that experiencing that and I knew I had like another 15 weeks of pregnancy just seemed like so daunting. I was like, I don't know if I can go like another day. Like Mm -hmm. I needed help. Like I was so desperate and I was like amazed that, you know, that even existed. And Mm -hmm. and I wish there was more of that in the world. Um, Yes. There needs to be more for sure. Yeah. And I just felt so fortunate like afterwards to be able to have that because, um, it put me in a much better place, like towards the end. And, you know, I just felt much better and I had support and I, you know, I stayed in touch with the therapist there, like through the, you know, I couldn't stay there full, like 15 weeks, you know, I had a couple of weeks to be there. And then I stayed in touch with a therapist, like through the end of the pregnancy and then found a reproductive psychiatrist to communicate with, you know, like postpartum. Mm, So it kind of like set me up to be in a better place postpartum than, you know, not having anybody at all. All right. Absolutely. This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. In your time there, it sounds like you got a lot of uh, skills and tools to be able to cope with how you were feeling. And then the transition into postpartum, you you had enough support as well? Yeah, I think I did. I was fortunate to have the psychiatrist and therapist on call, you know, if I needed, needed that. 
and just some also somebody to support me with like the medication because mm. because you take a different dose when you're pregnant versus you know when you deliver and you're postpartum so to just have somebody like manage the medication and also mm-hmm. just have somebody to talk to yeah. um I also made sure, you know, my mother was around. I mean, she would have been around anyway, but just like mm-hmm. have support, um, make sure, you know, you had people around to kind of help out because obviously when you give birth, like having support and having people like there physically is so important. And I had a friend who had just become a postpartum doula. So mm-hmm. she was there to help and cook and things like that. So you know, and maybe it was a blessing in disguise that I had it, you know, during pregnancy, as opposed to like postpartum. I mean, I don't, they're both pretty awful. So I'm not sure, but um, it was, it was uh, definitely set me up for help on the other end. Can I ask a little bit about your experience during pregnancy? Um, Sure. Yeah. When I I know you said a little bit uh, that your symptoms, or at least you notice your symptoms at a certain point during your pregnancy, can you walk us through a little bit of what what you were feeling and what it was like to kind of realize that something wasn't quite right? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing that happened was mostly just a lack of motivation and just wanting to stay in bed all day. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you're pregnant, one of the symptoms is just being exhausted. Right. But And I thought that this was normal, uh, at first, but it got to the point where I really just didn't want to do anything. Mm. You know, the things that you sometimes do, which is one, just functioning and wanting to eat and working of whatever you're doing. I just didn't want to do any of that. And I think at a certain point I was like, this is, I don't think this is normal behavior. Um, Mm. so there was that kind of red flag and then, and then it transformed into just straight up anxiety mm-hmm. where I just felt so overwhelmed by doing a baby registry. Like it made me have panic attacks, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. looking up like, oh, what am I putting on my registry? Like something mm-hmm. simple, like bottles or, right. you know, um, onesies. I was just so overwhelmed by it. Right. I like, would yeah. open my computer and have full on panic attacks. Oh, so I couldn't right. even open my computer without having, you know, shortness of breath and like sweating. Mm-hmm. So then there was that. And then I would just get like frozen and, and panicked by mm-hmm. just simple things. So yeah. then that happened. And then I would have, as I mentioned before, these just extreme emotional meltdowns, just where I would go into like a rage or Mm -hmm. extreme sadness and cry for an hour, like, you know, just very unstable emotionally. And then I think that was a triggering point because I just couldn't like live with myself. It felt like I couldn't be in my own skin. So then I was just like, okay, this is, this is just beyond the point of like (laughs) functioning. And it was scary because like I mentioned, I would just want to like, end my life because it was just, I was in a place that I like, didn't want to live another day. Um, and yeah, and just being pregnant, I was like, I wanted, you know, especially with your first, it's so new and mm-hmm. like, Oh, I thought this was going to be such a magical experience, you know, like growing a human and, right. and being, you know, and I really wanted 
to be pregnant. Like I, I had been married for five years. I felt like we weren't, you know, thinking about it for a while. It wasn't something that like surprised us or, you know, felt like we were preparing for that. And so, and, you know, the beginning was, was an experience. The first, you know, trimester was just morning sickness and things like that. And, you know, that was, that was um, not necessarily something that was daunting because I knew that that was common for pregnancy, Right. but it was really around the second trimester that I started to kind of go downhill. And I know your hormones change around the second trimester. So th- that could have been that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's hard to know like exactly what triggered it, Right. but it did happen. And, and like I said, I, I luckily reached out for help and, you know, my husband was supportive and came with me mm-hmm. to the first psychiatry meeting. And then, uh, then luckily I was, I was able to do the outpatient program and kind of find my way through that. Yeah. Um, thank you for walking us through that a little bit, because I, um, you know, for people who are, uh, who are all ju- also just trying to figure out what's going on for them, you know, sometimes it is that slow build and especially during pregnancy, it's hard to know what's what, um, right. Because especially if pregnancy is new to you, um, as well. And you're experiencing this huge emotional shift that's also new to you. You know, sometimes people feel like, oh gosh, is this how I'm supposed to feel for a little while? And it, it's, it can right. be really hard to differentiate. Yeah. And there, there were some days where I felt okay. And I would go out and, you know, meet a friend or, you know, get some work done and it would be kind of a quote unquote normal day. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm just exaggerating, you know, maybe. Oh you know, maybe I just have to get through it. And so there was that kind of tricky area too, because I wouldn't really tell anyone Mm -hmm. what was Mm -hmm. happening. I wouldn't tell my parents or my sister or my friends. So I was kind of in this loner situation and hoping that I would just like push my way through to the end. Uh, Looking back on it now, do you have any sense of what, what your thought process was around telling people or not telling them? I do remember, so I do remember meeting a friend for a coffee one day and I just, I was literally in a panic attack Mm -hmm. while I was walking there and I sat down with her and I just, she sensed that something was off and I just had to tell her. And because I literally was like a full blown panic attack as I was Mm -hmm. meeting her. Yeah. And I remember also meeting a doula while I was in a panic attack to you know, interview her and see if we could work together. And so there were moments where I could share, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I didn't really open up fully. Yeah. Um, so there were moments where I was opening up to people, but, you know, overall, I'd say that I kept it to myself because mm-hmm. I thought it was normal. You know, I thought right. this was just something I had to get through. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the things that bothers me the most about how we treat pregnant and postpartum people is that, that we don't normalize that these things can even happen. And then there you are experiencing this feeling like you have to be silent about it or you can't share because you're, I don't know, supposed to be happy or something. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so isolating. It, it just is not fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah. And I, and again, like being pregnant and experiencing mm-hmm. it was like foreign to me. Yeah. So I really didn't realize how common it is. I mean, there are extreme, extreme cases, of course. Yeah. Yep. 
But again, I just felt like it, I had to normalize it. Right. After you, you got help and you went into postpartum, did your, was your postpartum easier than your pregnancy or um, did it go into, did you also have difficulty in postpartum? It was kind of insane because literally as soon as I gave birth, like I felt better. It was, it was almost like a 180. I mean, I, I, of course I felt like exhausted and, you know, just like the normal things you feel when you give birth, like, you know, you're just, your body feels like you were hit by a bus kind of, at least for me. Um, And so there was that, but I also sensed that there was like a complete shift in my mind, Mm. which was surprising. And also at first I doubted it, you know, I was like, you know, this is, this, this is just a moment in time. I was like expecting to go back downhill again. Right. Of course I had, I had baby blues. I definitely cried a lot the first couple of days, you know, just being in awe of what was happening and Uh, just the whole thing. But then once I got home, I did have a little anxiety, of course, just bringing the baby home and had to set, set her up and make Mm -hmm. sure everything was okay. And just all the newness of it. Right. But then I didn't have the dark thoughts and I didn't have the panic anymore. So in a way I felt better because it wasn't, I wasn't in such a dark place. I was still stressed out and Mm -hmm. tired and exhausted, of course, but I didn't feel that same, you know, darkness and heaviness that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. So I was very relieved. And of course I had the feeling of maybe I had the feeling like something was lurking behind me that it was going to come up again and, you know, very doubtful that I was going yeah. to feel better. Yeah. 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 It's hard to trust after you've been through such a difficult thing. Exactly. And, if, and, I, and my sense was that postpartum would be harder and I was supposed to feel it then. Mm-hmm. Right. So I didn't really right. trust that I was feeling better. I was feeling better, but I was doubtful. So I think that for me, postpartum was definitely a better place than pregnancy, which is mm-hmm. felt, you know, foreign and un- it felt like things were going to get worse when they didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. Which I think carries an inherent amount of uh, a- antsiness or anxiety because you're kind of waiting for it to feel bad again. And also with just what is a very normal sense of uh, kind of not clinical anxiety, but just worry um, and low level um, anxiety about having a new kid, baby mm-hmm. at home. There's some really normal stuff there. So I know for some people who've experienced really intense symptoms, as soon as they start feeling something that feels like it could be that again, it, it's it's almost it can feel like a oh no, it's it's going to happen. Um, right, like, right. Anticipating it exactly, anticipating something. Of course, there were days where I was just exhausted and, yeah. you know, needed sleep. And I thought, okay, this it's coming again. It's, it's mm. going to happen. Yeah. But again, like I was on medication and I, I shifted the meds a little bit when I gave birth and I, I kept that consistent and I, I had people to talk to. So I think that really, really saved me in the end. And yeah. I was really thankful to have that like before going into postpartum. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I, and I talked to some friends who were about a month into postpartum and they had depression and then they kind of found their way back, you know, a month or two later with, mm-hmm. with help from a psychiatrist or a therapist. 
but I had that prior to giving birth. So, you know, I was, I was, I was thankful for that, that I kind of was set up for postpartum. And I think the, I really think the medication helped me in the end. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It, it does help a lot of people. But to your point earlier, there's, there's quite a bit of hesitation around taking medication, specifically a psychiatric medication during pregnancy. I don't, people right. don't bat as much of an eye at, at other types of medication as they do uh, for antidepressants, anti-anxiety. Um, yeah. And I get why people are, are hesitant about it. And there's a lot of question marks around it, but you know, I can speak for myself and say that it really helped me and I'm not, yeah. I'm not afraid to say that I was on it. Um, yeah. I try to be honest about it. Great. You know, I post a little bit about my experience on Instagram and um, you know, I find that people wrote back and say, thank you for sharing that. You know, mm-hmm. I had some questions around taking medication, but in the end it really helped me. And yeah, um, I don't know how long I'm going to take it. Um, I ended up staying on it for my second pregnancy and didn't have any of those symptoms. Oh, great. So, yeah. And so I, I, I don't know how long I'll be on it in the long run, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I didn't have any of the, I didn't have the same experience for my second pregnancy. So uh, so you had you had been taking it from the medication from your first pregnancy and hadn't stopped taking it at all, and then throughout the second pregnancy, exactly. Oh, uh, although I did switch medications before I was thinking about get, getting pregnant the second time, hmm. I switched to Lexapro. So that was kind of a, a transition which I worked through with the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I right, it was about a month before a month or two before I said, okay, I'm going to try to have a second baby. We kind of adjusted the medication and I switched to Lexapro and there were no issues there. And so I was on Lexapro right before I got pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And I stayed on Lexapro through my whole pregnancy and I'm still on it. And I'm postpartum three months right now. Exactly. (laughs) Today. Wow. Yeah. These three months today. And um, yeah, I didn't have the same experience being pregnant, you know, I felt very exhausted most of my pregnancy and I, I didn't feel like great, you know, I wasn't, you know, walking around like, woohoo, it was also a <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> so right. there was that. And there was some anxiety, of course, around that and getting sick yeah. and everything, but I didn't, it wasn't the same experience by any means. I wasn't uh, depressed or things like that. So oh, yeah, I'm fantastic. Glad, yeah. I'm glad I stayed on it. And, um, even the postpartum, which I'm three months now, has been okay and not not in a in a dark place. Just um, you know the normal struggles of having a toddler and a newborn, of course, but <laughs> right. you know manageable. I'll say. Oh, that's fantastic! I, I'm mm-hmm. so glad you you didn't have to experience that again. Yeah, there is hope, and you know I was set up again to have you know a therapist on call and. I had information, you know, I, right. I was thankful for your podcasts and a few others and some books I read because I listened to experiences and I had information in the tools and the knowledge, which, you know, some women don't have um, right. right away. Right. But it does. I, mean, I think it changes everything once you, that once you know that this is a real thing and it's not just you and that you don't have to feel this way. It's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Just even knowing that one other person 
had it or you hear a story or, you know, you have some information on what your hormones are going through, Mm -hmm. you realize like this happens all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it does. It does. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, friends. My name is Emily. I am a three-time survivor of postpartum depression and anxiety. Eight years ago, I attended a CLIMB event, and I had no idea what to expect, but I knew that there would be other survivors there. For the first time, I met people who understood really, truly understood what I was going through. The fellow survivors that I met those many years ago are still in my life today. Suffering through postpartum depression was, frankly, the worst, but the friends that I made through the Climate of the Darkness event, as a result, are kind of some of the best. The Climate of the Darkness is the world's largest event raising funds and awareness for perinatal mood disorders. It is a program of and supported by Postpartum Support International. Funds raised go to Postpartum Support International, local chapters of Postpartum Support International, and partner organizations who are all making a difference in the lives of new families. To find a local CLIMB event in your area, please visit climboutofthedarkness.com. To inquire about what it takes to start a CLIMB in your area, or to learn more, email us at cotd at postpartum.net. 
One of the things I, I love about talking to people is learning and hearing how, you know, when they want to bring their experience to light to share other people is how their personal background shapes that. And then you as an actress and a producer and writer are now taking some of your experience and using it sort of for good um, with some projects that you have coming up. So yeah, I'd love if you could share with us what you're doing. Totally. I first off, I did some talks with the Motherhood Center. They kind of have this quote unquote alumni uh, group. Yeah. People who left the Motherhood Center and ended up in a better place, did some talks with women that are, were struggling, which was a great thing to do because I was able to share my experience openly and help other women and just kind of be in a community. Mm-hmm. And we did that before the pandemic when we were seeing people in person and oh, things. Right. And that was a nice thing to do and kind of opened me up to share my experience. And then because of what I do for a living, which is um, like you mentioned, acting and producing and writing, it's a very creative field, of course. And so I just started working again. And I was like, there's no way I can leave my experience out. You know, I'm, you know, that's why people write books and such to kind of share their experience and kind of use that as, as an outlet. And it can be kind of cathartic to kind of share if you, if you can. So I wanted to do that in some of the projects that I was creating as a producer, because I think it's, one, important to share it um, to help other people. And also for me as a creator, I thought it would be just a great outlet and something I I became very passionate about. So one of the things that I'm doing is a TV series with some of the women that actually were at the Motherhood Center at around the same time as me. We weren't in the same group, Mm -hmm. but we met through the Motherhood Center and connected and one of them is a writer. She writes um, novels and she's a creative writer at a university she teaches. So we kind of connected and she had had done one other screenplay before as a writer. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of in talks and we thought, you know, there are a few series out there. One is called Working Moms on Netflix. There's another one on Netflix called The Letdown. Mm-hmm. about postpartum moms and such, but we wanted to do something specifically about um, PMADS, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders yeah. and something geared around group therapy. And we thought we could do, you know, a dark comedy kind of in the genre of orange is the new black, where, mm-hmm. you know, you have, you know, true stories and there's some dark elements, but there's also some, you know, lighthearted elements and some mm-hmm. comedy to it. Yeah. So we thought it would be great to do something around postpartum, you know, perinatal mood disorders, just to kind of shine some light on it. And so we've been developing this series and developing characters based on, you know, ourselves and women we met through the experience. And we have started writing a pilot and kind of developing the show. And in the next couple of months, we'll be going out to networks and, and pitching it as the idea. So that has been very exciting because it's kind of taking the experience and putting it into something positive and right. yeah. hopefully having it on, you know, a network or streaming service and having it out there in the world, because, you know, I think it, again, it's really important and it can also be entertaining. Right. And I, I think that I love that you are, are doing this and it's also in a, sounds like approachable, relatable because people have such difficult, understanding like 
quote unquote, how somebody could feel this way while they're pregnant or how somebody could feel this way after having a baby, it's Mm -hmm. a little bit hard for people to like consider. So having it in this, the way that you're doing it, it sounds like it'll reach people, you know, who might otherwise think like, oh, this doesn't apply to me or, or or something like that. That's what we're hoping to do because yeah, not everyone has experienced it or, you know, is planning on having children or, you know, even for men, I hope that we incorporate everything where it's more of, you know, just like a life experience or a family experience, you know, it obviously touch on things that are very specific, but we hope to make it, you know, as universal as we can, as with any show, you want it to be kind of touch people's lives and not necessarily be too niche where someone can turn it on and say, well, that doesn't apply to me, you know? So we hope to have that element in it too. And we hope to show like the husband or partner's experience as well. Great. I'm so excited. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, so, so we will have the group therapy in there, but then, you know, the characters will break away and go home and you see Mm -hmm. their lives and it'll be very diverse to like one of the women is a, she's a black woman and she's also a cop. So, you know, you see her struggling with just discrimination in the healthcare system and also mm-hmm. her struggling with being a police officer in New York city. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a lot of different elements and it takes mm-hmm. place in New York. So there, there is that <laughs> New York in right. itself is a character. Um, <laughs> right. Right. So especially right now, you know, there's just so much going on. So we hope to incorporate a lot of that and there'll be a lot of colors and in there. So yeah, it's exciting to develop it and see, it'll be interesting to go out and pitch it to other producers and production companies, because it'll be interesting to see the feedback, you know, like what, what people will say, because I do feel like people are much more open to these kind of ideas right now and yeah. trying to do more diverse material and see more women's stories. Of course, I think, I think yeah. there's more of a, of an outlet for that. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. My hope. Yeah. I, I sure hope so. Yeah, I really do. Well, I mean, I know if you're connected, well, because you're connected to the motherhood center, I know you have a, um, some really great experts to, to draw from on how to, you know, get messages to people who might not otherwise, you know, understand how important this is. So totally. that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so and you're also working on a film. Yes. And your podcast was helpful with, with doing some research about um, postpartum psychosis. Oh, great. Cause I know you interviewed a lot of um, just people that are, are helping out in that field and also, you know, documentaries and things like that. I am co-writing and co-producing a film. It's it's actually a psychological thriller about a woman experiencing postpartum psychosis. And we have our first draft down and, you know, we did a lot of research building up to it and kind of making sure that we're kind of in the, in the specific realm of it. It kind of pulled some ideas from, from true stories and, you know, it is a thriller. So it is been interesting genre to kind of play with because mm-hmm. in a way psychosis itself is, is, is a thriller. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you are in a different mindset. Like your literally mind is, is transformed in a way. And we hope to make it, we hope to use the film as a way to kind of introduce people to psychosis and see it as like a real thing. You know, it's not necessarily mm-hmm 
completely made up. You know, it's, it's, it, we hope to shine light that this, this does happen to women. Right. And um, there are a few films that have done that. There's one called Tully, Charlie Theron. It kind of like taps into that a little bit, but this film is also specifically geared to, towards psychosis and what, you know, the mind can do mm-hmm. when you're in a postpartum state, you know, right. and it's really scary, you know? Mm-hmm. So this will definitely be in the genre of a little more like thrillers, like definitely more of a scarier take on it. it but is, again, it, it is scary. Yeah. It's, oh. it's, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy what can happen. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really sad, but mm-hmm. the film, the film is very character driven. And, and, and again, it's about a woman in a postpartum state. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're doing that. And so there's a lot of things like happening in development. And of course I'll, I'll, I'll be sharing it once it, once it comes out. And I'm really excited about both of them. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you have, you have such an opportunity and a platform uh, for education and awareness and to be putting information and, and stuff out there that, I don't know. I think because there's so many, uh, there are some inaccurate, you know, like representations of stuff like from, from media in some ways, or, or I don't know, like things that come out in the news or are not reported on accurately, that kind of stuff. It just, there's another avenue for learning, which I think it's fantastic. We need, we need all avenues. And I, I do, I believe, and you would know more than I do that there's not enough out there in terms of Right. Um, television shows and movies and whatnot that portray what happens to people. Right. What do you think is the most like inaccurate thing that's like kind of portrayed? Uh, well, there, yeah, there's a lot of confusion around like if, if there's a tragedy specifically around postpartum psychosis, it's it's talked about as postpartum depression a lot. Mm-hmm. So people have really like inaccurate ideas around what psychosis is versus depression. And, and because right. that, that people think like, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to kill my baby. So I'm not depressed like that. I hear that a, a lot. So it's just that like, well, we, we have to call things what they are. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that, so that it doesn't add to the, to the, so that it doesn't add to the misrepresentation of what it is. Exactly. Um, and further, you know, scare people away from getting help. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of like a stigma around it still. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah, I, I feel that too. When um, I talk about it with some people, you see comments on on yeah. chats or mm-hmm. just on social media. There is there is a bit of there's still a stigma out there for sure. And it was interesting to to listen to some of your podcasts about the psychosis element and what you know activists and and lawyers and doctors mm-hmm. are trying to do to kind of help women that that experienced it because yeah. you know they're almost they're not in their right mind at, at that time. Right. So right. there's like that legal element too, which is interesting, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is. Yeah. Th- there's a, a lot of work that still needs to be done for sure. And it's, it's very slow right. going. And in part, I do think it's because of miss not, not enough education just in general for people. I mean, I, right. I didn't know about all of this until I had my own postpartum depression and right. um, I'm a yeah. psychologist. Like what? That's ridiculous. Right. How? Yeah. <laughs> so, and you I know, remember, certainly a lot of people out there don't know about it either. Yeah. And I remember being pregnant and, and asking a doctor about medication. The first one I saw actually, which I didn't mention. And 
it was a, a male psychiatrist. And I remember him saying, you know, oh, no, you shouldn't be on medication. You know, like he was immediately, you know, condoning being being on it. Yeah, so that's that, that was kind of an uh, interesting thing to come across because then I heard the reverse the second time around. So, right, right, right. So I, yeah, I think, you know, the, the work that you're doing to put stuff out there and being open about your own experience is incredibly helpful because they're even for professionals, OBs and, and whoever else who are at a high level of, of patient interaction and patient care to, to really, I think, know specific fault of their own, they don't get training. Like, you know, it it just should be in every, every academic setting. People should be talking about it everywhere because I and many other people had to go get specific training outside of any Mm -hmm. other, you know, regular coursework or or schooling to figure out what this is about. So yeah, anyways, I could go, this is my soapbox. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't need to, to run over you know, what you're doing at all. But yes, that is a soapbox. No, but that that's, that's my passion behind it too. You know, oh, that's good, why, good. Yeah. why I wanted to do these kind of projects to begin with, because based on my experience, I'm like, I don't want it to go unrecognized, you know, any, right. any longer. It was just such a, such a crazy moment of time. And, and of course, like most women probably think, oh, that's not going to happen to me, mm-hmm. you know? I had some friends thinking they told me that, that they experienced it and they were like, wow, I never thought it would happen to me, you know, because some of them never had mental health issues at all through their life, you know, and then it kind of surprises you and, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. That's a terrible way to be surprised. We can do, especially when you're, you know, have a little baby at home or you're pregnant, you know, it's such a vulnerable time to begin with. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to uh, to see what you're working on uh, whenever it comes out. Um, I do have a short film I've done already based on uh, postpartum psychosis that I can add to to a link so people can see. Great. That I also acted in. So, and I shot it like literally days before lockdown um, oh. for the pandemic. So I was wow. glad that I got it in. <laughs> wow! <laughs> before everyone went yeah. into their homes and didn't come out for a while. I know we did not see that coming. Great. Yeah. I'd be happy to add that into our show notes, make that available for people to see. Great. Yeah. And uh, so just in your experience, um, I know there's a lot of things that you went through that were surprises to you, but what would, what do you want to make sure that other people understand about your experience or what you'd like them to know? Uh, for their own. Yeah. I'd say that when you're, I would say that when you're pregnant or in postpartum, your body and your hormones are going through so much. So it makes sense that you would, you know, shift and your mind would shift and your body and things will come up and to not, to not ignore it, to try to, you know, bring it forward and talk about it and not feel shame around something that could come up that's not necessarily a happy thought, you know, and to know that there are resources out there. And, and just because you might not have heard it, or someone you know, might not have gone through it, like so many women are talking about it and have gone through it so that there is there is a community out there and can be supported. That's just something that I didn't know was out there. And but women should know that 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 it has happened to many, many people. 
and that there are, you know, people to talk to and that they're not alone, essentially. I think that's, it sounds so basic, but yet it, it really is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Again, thank you for sharing your story and the work that you're doing. It really, your story, I know will help a lot of people because very specifically pregnancy, the experiences during pregnancy aren't talked about as much as postpartum and we need to be talking about it more. So thank you. Yeah. And thank you for doing the work that you do. it's, It's been really helpful to me and I'm sure other people feel the same way. Oh, I'm so glad. Thanks. You can find out more about what Liz is doing by following her on IG and Twitter at Liz Masucci and also on her website, LizMasucci.com, L-I-Z-M-A-S-U-C-C-I. Very grateful to Liz for sharing this experience. A lot of people don't realize that perinatal mood and anxiety disorders also start in pregnancy and for some people really impact their pregnancy and postpartum in significant ways. Let's get this information out there, share this episode with someone who you know could benefit from hearing this story, and make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you can get each and every episode downloaded directly to you, and you can pick and choose when and where you'd like to listen to it. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us, 